rain. Got a little rain happening. Yeah, we've got some thunderstorms. Yeah, uh, thunderstorms rolling in, so we may be uh, hearing some noise in the background. Some fireworks, yep. natural, natural fireworks. So, got some inside info on Pod Meets World. Okay. I uh, heard through a podcast that I listened to that they may be doing a live show in Portland soon. Really? Yeah, they're traveling right now. They're doing live uh, versions of the podcast with the, with the, with the cast. Um, and I heard, um, I listened to um, a podcast from, ever heard the, the show out of California, Kevin and Bean? You ever heard of them? No. Um, very popular. It was in L.A. Uh, they ended their show about five years ago. And they started a podcast. Two of the two of the co-hosts of the show. Okay. Um, and she lives in Maine now. She moved from LA back to, to Maine over here. Um, and she was talking about how she's friends with Daniel Fischel, whose um, husband Jensen Carp. I can't remember yes. his rat. He had a he had a rat name. I can't remember. It was like Hot <laughs> Hot Carl. Was that what it was? I and, think so. Uh, something like that. And. Uh, <laughs> He used to be producer on the podcast and on the uh, Kevin and Bean show. Anyway, they're friends, so inside info from her was that they're going to be doing a live show in Portland soon. Well, Sometime hopefully this fall. it's the fall. Yep, hope so. Hopefully cool. it's after we close. Yeah, would I'd you, go up. Would we be interested in that? Yeah, we may do that. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, we haven't gone to anything like that, so that'd be pretty cool. Um, so, it is the beginning of the month, first week of the month, so we're going to do a show and tell. So many geeky things that we could pull off from the shell. We've been collecting shit for years and now we're whipping it out. So it's time to showcase all the money that we wasted well. C'est la vie, c'est the old folks. It's Geek Web Show, we'll tell. I'll go first. I got another figure, a McFarlane figure. Um, they are doing a 100-year celebration of the Warner Brothers uh, franchise. And they're coming out with different movies from the franchise figures uh, they don't really, that don't really have figures for. So I know you're not a big on the Goonies, but they did come out with a cool sloth, really cool-looking sloth oh, nice. figure. Uh, McFar- made by McFarlane, so it's got a lot of the details and stuff. Fairly, fairly, fairly cheap on uh, Amazon. I don't think it was more than 30 bucks. So yeah, I like that nice. a lot. Uh, it's going to go on the shelf. Um, comes with a stand, comes with a little uh, background, and Sloth with his Superman shirt ripping it apart. Hey, you nice. guys! Yeah, looks cool. Nice box. I like I like the McFarlane figures a lot. I mentioned it before last last uh, month when I had the Superman figure. Very detailed, cheap in price, um, easy easy on the wallet when you want to put it on your bookshelf. So compared to Hot nice, Toys nice. and all that shit. I went with uh, something small and easy for this week okay. that you gave me. My Fight Club soap, nice. Yep, wrapped in one, the Paper Street Christmas. Company thing with the uh, yep with the uh, Tyler Durden uh, business card, and uh, I keep this right up here. One of my favorite movies of all time, obviously. Yep. It's uh, right next to my stapler. I guess we'll do a twofer. My stapler from Office Space. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So yeah, oh, two cool. of my favorite movies. Got props from them. So yeah. Nice. Yep. So, let's get into Fat Fucks. A couple of things I wanted to bring up. Plus, I'm going to taste test a Wild Bills. Because I'm fat, 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 fat
Are you a fan of the Funyuns? Not really. Me neither, but they're coming out with a spicy queso-flavored Funyuns. If you've ever had Funyuns, ever seen Funyuns, they're kind of a... They're made by... I, free, I think Frito-Lays makes them, but they're, they're onion-flavored rings. They're shaped like right. onion rings, but they're all processed they're basically like a chip. onion chip, yep. but they make them look like onion rings. Yeah, and, they, and they're supposed to kind of taste like onion rings, but they don't. They have a weird, weird, unique flavor. Well, they come out with a yeah. spicy queso version. I wasn't sure what your feelings were on Funyuns. I, I, my, yeah. I too, am not a big fan I, of them. I think I've had them, like, once in my life. Okay, yeah. Those um, are the pork rinds, which munch, I was told were good, and I just didn't really like pork rinds either. Do you Have you ever had uh, Munchos? The Red Bag Munchos, like, crispy weird Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, those yep. are good. Um, Wendy's, coming out with a loaded nacho sandwich line, a burger, a chicken sandwich, and queso fries. Gonna have, it's going to have a burger. With queso, um, it looks like tortilla chips and a whole bunch of other uh, other things, kind of like a nacho on a burger. Um, yeah, queso fries does sound good. It looks like it has a queso cheese with a little melted cheese on top. Um, they do they do a great job with their uh, their cheese fries. So, so Wild Bills. I was gonna save this for the end of the month, but it's my last soda left. <laughs> I, uh, I went, <laughs> so, I went, so you've been enjoying the Wild Bills? Yes, I I liked so Outside far. Price outside of its price, it's a really really good yes. brand, but uh, it is kind of expensive, but it's good. So far, I liked the root beer and the grape. I had tried yep. that th- tried that this week. The grape was really good. Um, the Dr Pepper one was good, just because I love Dr Pepper. I haven't drank it in a yep. while because of the caffeine. I, I love Wild Bills; they're all caffeine free. Yep. So the one the one I've been wanting to try because it's limited time, and if if it's really good. Which I hope it is. I'm probably going to order a 12 pack before the end because it's probably not going to be made again until next year, if, if at all. Is the Wild Bills Rocket Pop? <clears throat> I know you've tried this. You have tried this, right? The Wild Bills Rocket Pop. I have not. I have oh, not. You haven't. Okay. It just came out this summer. Yeah. So I'm going to try it right now. It's one of my last cans. I have this and a it's clear a soda. Blue raspberry. It's a clear flavor. soda. Yep. Yeah. So one of those. Ro- if you ever had a Rocket Pop in the winter, it's a blue, red, white, and blue popsicle. Um, They're delicious. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. It's like lemon flavored. Oh, that's surprised it's clear. It's clear, yeah. It smells just like a rocket pop. Yeah, it's got the lemon, the cherry, and I think blue raspberry is the, is the main, yeah. the main th- three. I think the soda is technically blue raspberry. Or it's supposed to be. Oh, dude. That is a melted rocket pop. Oh, that tastes really good. <laughs> God damn it. Now I can buy some. I need a new mug, anyways. Yes, Bella. I like these. I like these. Oh, is this a triple barrel? I can't remember what this is called, but I think they're double barrel. Yeah, they're the mugs are. I mean, get a mug in a twelve pack. It's like sixty bucks or fifty-five bucks. I gotta tell I you, this promo is, code is like forty-seven. This is pretty unique. It's uh, it's like a lemon. It, it, it's it's a rocket pop that it's tasted melt like if you had all three flavors together at once it's exactly how do how do they create these flavors like that that's pretty well, insane if you think about it yeah it is it is um yeah very good I'm gonna buy a 12 pack too I kind of figured I would this one will you shut the hell up my dog's sitting right next to me tonight so um yeah good I'm gonna order a 12 pack too um God. before they so Kevin there you go your wallet is even more empty talking <laughs> to me um this week I haven't watched much. Um, yes. I wanted to get to the movies today, but Oppenheimer was later than it was. I got done just enough time to see it. It's like, fuck, I'm not waiting a half hour. <laughs> so I came home. 
Um, but I did watch a whole a show that we completely have been skipping over for the last eight weeks. Which is funny because because after you we talked about it last time, I bought the season pass and we haven't talked about it since. Yep, and I completely forgot about it, and then I saw that they are they are posting about the Bash of the Beach 2000 for Dark Side of the Ring. It's the one episode I was looking forward to all season. It did not disappoint. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But Oh my god, so good. We we caught up with the past eight episodes. We watched the first episode a while ago. We It was uh, Tammy, Tammy Cinch and, uh, and yep. uh, Candido. Candido. So we, we're going to talk a little bit about what, we, what these episodes were. Um, of course, we're big wrestling fans. And this is great inside information for stuff that I didn't even know. Some stuff I did know. Like Bash at the Beach, I did know. But the, <laughs> the Russo fucker, we're going to talk about it in a minute. So the first episode was Magnum, Magnum T.A., he was a star that was set to be the was it poster child of WCW before WCW got tr- turned over by uh, Turner. The NWA. NWA. Uh, okay. But yes, basically, basically what WCW was doing. Yeah, um, he, he was going to be their version of Hulk Hogan. That's what he was being groomed yeah. as, and he got into and <laughs> his finishing move was a fucking belly to belly suplex. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's terrible. He, Magnum TA was he? He's the one that got into the accident, right? Yeah, he couldn't walk for yeah, and he's 20 still, years, and now he's still he's still on a walker. He's still he's still walking yep. around. He can't walk walk right, so he's been he's been out of the ring for twenty thirty years now. Um, one of those one of those stories of a star that could have been never was. Yep. Um, Him and been uh, huge. David Von Erich yep, were the exactly. two in the eighties. Um, the next one was the Grams FCW Florida Championship Wrestling. Yeah, I didn't um, really know much about them, and that I episode was just very, okay. Yeah, it was an interesting story though about the story of the whole entire mm-hmm. family seemed like a complete downfall whole, for everyone. Yeah, and then in the end, you find out that like all of his was it his uncles all like four grandfathers of them suicide or shim- yeah, great grandfather, grandfather, uncles, brothers. It was a whole entire family it just went went kaput, but. Um, yep. Next episode, I know you know because you were watching back then, Doink the Clown. Oh, yeah. I wasn't watching, so I don't know much about Doink, but this was a great episode for Doink. It was very good. Yep. I didn't um, know, the one thing I didn't know is I didn't know that it wasn't the original Doink once Doink became a good guy. I thought it was still him, but he was out of the company at that point. That was when, I think it was the the bully ended up doing um, the Steve Lombardi. Um, yeah, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Brooklyn Brawler, Brooklyn, not Bully. Yeah. Brooklyn Brawler took over the mantle. Yeah, um, and I didn't and know about the ECW stuff either, um, where he was half doink and half not doink. That was which really I think cool. Was a great, I think that was a great gimmick for for ECW especially. Yeah. Uh, another episode, great episode, Junkyard Dog. I know Jr. Yep. on his podcast talks a little and talks a lot about him and how great he was. I didn't know he was so young when he died. He he yeah. he's like uh, Arn Anderson where he was like 23 years old and he looked like he was 40. Yeah. Like he just looked old his entire career. I don't know, he was like 42 when he died or something like that. Yeah. He was young. Yeah, that, that was a good episode. Adrian Adonis, another good episode. Had no idea who he was. It kind of yep. reminded me a lot of what Vince did with Goldust. He started with yep. Adrian. Um, I, uh, from him, I knew a little bit about him growing up, but it was mostly when I'd go back and watch stuff, especially once the network right. came out and yeah. like older WrestleManias, but he was pretty much gone when I was watching, when yep. I started. Um, the Abdul the Butcher episode was fantastic. Very good I, episode. I, I seeing Abdul in the very beginning coming in 
and all the scars on the top of his head. Because I wasn't sure if he was going to be a part Which, of the interview, but he was. Yep. Yeah, and according to New Jack, those scars, he had them surgically cut into his head. He didn't actually do them himself. Wow. So um, we should have got that audio clip for this week, but I forgot to. Um, I don't even know which shooter interview it's on, but it's pretty funny, uh, him talking about it. Yep. And uh, last week's episode, which got, I think got your attention and my attention, was Bam Bam Bigelow. Yep. Um, I knew I knew Bam Bam from WCW. I wasn't watching when he was facing Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania. Yep. Um, so I knew him from that. Uh, he had a stint in ECW, but that was a great, great episode. His whole, whole was, entire family. Uh, his feud with Taz is what made me a fan of Taz. Oh, yeah. Um, him going through the ring and stuff like that. Um, and I guess they didn't really mention it here because obviously his ex-wife was being interviewed. But I remember I used to listen to Don Tony, and he was yep. like very, very good friends with Bam Bam. Apparently, when he was in WCW, his ex-wife basically just emptied their bank account and put it into a different account, and he got back from being on the road for, like, three months and had no money. Wow. I don't know if that's true. That was according to Don Tony a few years back when I was listening to him, but uh, I thought that was pretty fucked up. And, I mean, if she wasn't being interviewed, I'm sure they would have gotten into that situation if it was real or not. Right. Um, But it was a very good episode. I loved Bam Bam as a kid. Um, the first King of the Ring was one of my favorite memories of him, him and Bret Hart. Um, and of course, then showing up at ECW and me ordering uh, tapes from RF Video. Shout out to Rob Feinstein, a guy who was on To Catch a Predator and somehow got away with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe he also was very young when he died, too. He was he like 45, 45, I think. Yeah, 45. Yeah. Which is crazy, because like growing up, you just think of all these people as just being so much older than that, and now yeah. we're approaching those ages, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Some of them we've surpassed, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and la- and this pe- this past week's episode, Bash at the Beach 2000, notorious for the night Hulk Hogan. Bro. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Vince Russo. We don't talk about him enough on this podcast, because he should we be We need to do an entire <laughs> Russo segment. His shoot interview is actually fantastic. He, it's he, fucking great. He is so out there. Of course, he was a writer during the whole entire Attitude Era. Um, he is he credited. From, you, you know what happened with him, right? He went from managing was, a blockbuster video to writing for WWE magazine, magazine to ending yeah. up to heading their creative. <laughs> and then he leveraged that for a deal at WCW, went over there. And, yeah. uh, the guy's a used car salesman. That's all he is. Yeah, it's exactly what he is. And him and Eric Bischoff were butting heads. It was 2000, so it was very, it was toward the very, very end of WCW. Hulk Hogan was still there. The old guys were still there trying to hold on when the new, they were trying to develop new talent, like Booker T, like Jeff Jarrett, like the newer, like the newer cruiserweights. They were trying to give them more stance in WCW compared to the older guys. And Hulk Hogan refused to lose the match. He wanted to win the title. He had creative control. So Russo took it on him in himself on himself to bash Hogan as Hogan left the arena live on the microphone talking about how old he was and how he wouldn't he wouldn't let he had creative control wouldn't let them run how the night was going to be it was it was a crazy fucking episode crazy situation it was when Jeff Jarrett laid down on the ring. Didn't they didn't have a match, and just Hogan stepped on him and won the title. It was it was a crazy, crazy match, crazy time. It was towards the end, so there was a lot of turmoil with Eric Bischoff and and, and Russo. I don't know how long Russo was there after this, but he kind of yeah. It was it was strange. 
Um, yeah, it was uh, it was something. And the whole like Russo getting on the mic afterwards and him just be in this interview on Dark Side and he's like, "Bro, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I just say it, bro, bro. That's just how I, that's just how my promos is, bro." Yeah. Um, you're just like, okay, so you decide to basically try to launch the biggest angle when your company is failing, and you don't know what you're gonna say. Yeah, interesting. Because I didn't know, knew. I did, I did not know that the Hogan thing was it. Pretty much went as according to plan. I didn't know that. I thought that was part of it. Yeah, uh, part of, but that was actually a work the whole time. And then Hogan found out about things being changed at the end of the pay per view. Um, just more WCW in general. WCW was fuckery yeah. in general. I mean, the way that company was run, even when it was being run by Eric Bischoff, for the most part, they really didn't have a plan either. Um, they yeah. just kind of got lucky with WWF being so bad at the time, and they got and, lucky with Goldberg yeah. and the streak. And but it only it only lasted for what a year, and then it was all done. And what were you going to do after that? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. That it whole was company mess. was just shit. Yeah, they you my... saw going. You saw going back in your rewatch where the shows actually weren't that good, but just at the time, quick segments. Watching back and yeah, like you'd watch like the cruiserweight matches were always great, and then like the middle of the show kind of dragged, and then you'd have like the stars at the end of the show type deal. Um, but their shows overall were not very good. The pacing was terrible. Like if if it was a movie, you would say had some great moments, but the pacing was ruined the movie. That's exactly what WCW was back in. Yeah. 97 through 2001 when it was ended with the greed pay-per-view yep yep crazy time uh great series next week is the finale um we'll talk about it next week is the episode on um what's next week's episode i can't remember i just I saw it too um we'll talk about it next week though yeah. um you did watch a movie this week that i've been wanting to watch i haven't watched it yes. yet um joyride um yes. all asian women cast Yes. Um, R-rated comedy. Looked good in the Very trailers. Hard R-rated. Very that's, what hard I, that's what I heard. So, yeah, you're going to give your re- reactions to it. I'm going to review it next week, I hope. Uh, I do have it some, on hand, so I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah, what you think well, of it? Well, it's a comedy, and it's funny. So that's a start. Um, right. Check. Funniest movie since Superbad is what I was told by people I trust. Okay. It is not. The funniest I, movies in Superbad. They There's been other funnier every, movies. Yeah, they, they it's like the it's the Dark Knight best comic yes. movies since Dark Knight. Um, yes. But it's fucking hilarious. Um, like this is the type of movie that like you see a lot of like friends groups of women going to see Barbie now. Like you know, oh you haven't seen it? Well let's grab this person. We'll go type deal. Yeah. That's what this movie really should have been. Like it kind of reminds me of like I guess I've never seen Bridesmaids, but what I assume Bridesmaids oh, would be. Probably, um, it's a good movie. I hate Melissa McCarthy with a passion. I refuse to watch anything she's in, so I still haven't seen Little Mermaid. Um, That's not that good. But it's fucking... It's hilarious. Um, There's a great musical number to the song WAP uh, towards the end. Um, And, yeah, it's it's very funny. I highly recommend it. Um, But, like, it's the movie... It's a movie that I could see, like, a bunch of, like women going to see as a group like in a girls night out type deal and uh it's really funny um highly recommend it cool. and i i want i want to hear your thoughts on this so i hope you watch it this week uh, i'm actually i'm actually probably going to watch it tonight now that i have okay. it in hand um cool. haven't i haven't watched oppenheimer i really do want to see it um it's only playing on one i really picks. do think you need to see it in theaters um it's that type of movie but if you don't 
I'm sure you'll be fine at home. Yeah. As long as... But my worry is, of course, it's no longer WB, so you probably won't be too concerned about this. Um, for some reason, when WB put all of Nolan's movies on streaming, they changed the aspect ratio to keep it the same. Oh, really? So the aspect ratio doesn't change between shots. Oh. And, um, but, like, if you bought, like, like that's, the, that's the sole reason why I own Tenet on 4K, okay. is because they, they keep the aspect ratios on their discs. But for some reason, they don't do that when they do it streaming, hmm. um, which is weird. Um, Interstellar had that problem. I don't know about the Batman movies, but I know Interstellar had that problem as well as Tenet. Um, and I'm sure with this movie, they'll keep the aspect ratios the way he wants them. Um, cause they won't take them around like WB did. Um, cause Nolan basically went over there and is basically the boss of that studio now. Um, yeah. but yeah, definitely try to see it in theaters if you can. And obviously RPX, um, the well, movie is only... amazing. It has stuck with me. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I like walking out, I probably had it at a four. Now I'm like pretty certain it's a five. Um, cool. it's fantastic. Um, every time I listen to a podcast, talk about it, it makes me like it even more. Um, everyone's fantastic. In it. And you said there's only one RPX screen of it right now. Yeah. It's at nine thirty at night. Yeah. I would so be, that might even and, be I, cut down. I, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to so, see it. Uh, I was going to say maybe theater. IMAX, but <laughs> um, I, I do want to see Dune in IMAX because we'll have more time to figure that out when Dune comes out. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'll see it first time in IMAX, but uh, Dune I definitely got to see in IMAX, and I'm pissed I didn't see Oppenheimer in IMAX. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to see that. I also want to see, uh, Chris was mentioning on our thread, on our text thread that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out this weekend, the new animated. Yep. He said it was great. Um, I've actually yeah, heard that I've heard from a lot of good people. things. Yeah. I do want to see that. I'm not sure if I'll see it in a theater, though, but it is on my on my list of movies to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this week, I wanted to start a new segment. I've been seeing a lot of clips on Facebook. On They've been taking a lot of retro video from back in the day, retro audio. Things that are kind of like an earworm, things that you remember, um, commercials, um, themes, whatever it could be. So I'm going to start a new segment this week called Retro Earworm Theater. Retro Earworm Theater. Kevin, we were 10 minutes late to the podcast, so I recorded an intro. <laughs> so, this week, I'm going to play a quick theme from the late 90s. We went to the Regal Cinemas over here in town. And before the movie theater, they used to play these... Qu they still do, but... They, they, I started seeing on Facebook this uh, clip of Regal Cinemas back in the day. The, the video they played before the movie started. Like now uh, your show is about to start kind of thing where you used to go on. The, it was yep. like a roller coaster. And yeah. you're going through the roller coaster seeing all the concessions and stuff. They still do that. It's a little modernized now. Back in the day a big popcorn would pop and scare the shit out of you. So I do have that clip. I'm going to play it right now on this week's... I'm going to do this probably once a month. Um, probably at, not the week that we do... Um, we do show and tell, but I'm going to do it probably the week after or a week after that. But um, yeah, this is Regal's 90s intro to the movies. Welcome to Regal Cinemas. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, 
Gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. So yeah, there's a lot of themes, a lot of stuff from the 80s, 90s that we grew up on. I think we can probably dive into later on. Um, I don't know what we'll do next month. We'll, we'll talk about it off pod. And with that being said, let's jump into the news. And it's not a news segment without the trailer roundup. I know a movie that you care about. Saw 10, The Return. Of Jigsaw. Uh, you better start caring about it too, because we're going to see this in theaters. <laughs> IMAX, preferably. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get some more of that Saw goodness all up in our faces. I have seen one Saw that was over at your house. It was the very first Saw, and that's the only one I saw. And so. you are going to watch them all before all, 10. All nine of them? Oh, boy. Yep. That's a better lot of start Saws. Now. You haven't seen the second or third? I've the first three work is a really good trilogy. No, I only saw the first one. I was over uh, at your house. The first one's completely it. different than the rest of them too. Really? I love the first one. The first one's like seven. I love it. It's more of a uh, thriller than a horror movie, and the other ones just become horror porn. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Saw Ten looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I figured I'd mention. Basically, it. it looks like he's going after all the doctors that said he could. He goes like overseas or something, and uh, they say they can cure him, and they end up. Do, they don't do dick. And uh, so he puts them all into his final game of Saw. I don't know. Everything gets murky after seven because there's like prequels and all sorts of weird. He he like dies in seven. It's just it's weird. Spoilers. So uh, everything's a flashback at this point, I guess. Okay. Um, another weird trailer came out this week. You seen Cocaine Bear? I think they have an alligator one, like Cocaine or Methigator or some bullshit that's coming out. These low budget movies based on animals and drugs. Well, they're coming out with one with a sloth. Mm. A a sloth who goes on a rampage. Now, if you know a sloth, it's one of the slowest creatures in the world. Slower than a turtle. So, what are you going to call a horror movie about a sloth that goes on a murderous rampage? Slother House. Dun, dun, dun. Obviously. <laughs> starring Joseph Budden. <laughs> This movie looks so fucking weird, especially the <laughs> <It> sloth. <looks laughs> so awesome! I can't wait for this movie. It looks strange as hell, but this uh, is yeah, right up it, my alley. It's one of those movies that I just want to see. It's kind of, it's kind of like oh, just like the Winnie the Pooh movie we still have to see. Yeah, I actually just added that to the Plex. Server I was gonna say, too. I think Blood and Honey is on that drive I gave you. Yeah, it's on Plex now. Um, another trailer came out from A twenty four this week. Um, Dicks the musical. A couple of uh, a couple of gay guys made this musical. It's R-rated, very raunchy. Um, Megan Mullally, Nathan Lane, these guys, and a couple other things where they're talking about um, I don't know, fucking and this and that. It's it's a crazy trailer. It just came out today. Um, if you see it, hunt it down. It looks funny. R-rated musical. Um, you don't see too many of those nowadays, but 
looks great. But the big trailer this week that was released brought hope back to the MCU for me was Loki Season 2. I'm excited for this show. I, I really hope it's as good as the trailer is depicting it to be. Um, I like the first season quite a bit. I, I like I like first Loki season, more. Is that the best uh, series they've done, Wanda. in your opinion? WandaVision is Wanda? the best se- series they've done. I think I think Loki was more enjoyable. I think yes. Wanda had the week to week week to week vibe that yeah. you that you've been missing. Um, that had the week to week vibe of what could happen in theories, stuff like that. I think Loki was a better show. Um, yeah, but those are definitely the two standouts and probably the only two ones I'd give a passing grade to. Outside of I did enjoy Hawkeye way more than I thought I would, uh, yeah. but it's also Christmas themed, so that's like cheating for me. Yeah. Um, anything Christmas themed gets an extra bump up yeah. in my book. But yeah, trailer is has all the cast coming back from the first season. Um, little quick glimpses of uh, Mobius, Loki, Sylvie, the whole entire Jonathan cast Majors. coming back. Big addition to the cast was Kiu Quen from Goonies, from Everything Everywhere All at Once, just won the yep. Oscar. Um, he's going to be playing a role as a kind of like a Q to to uh, Loki Q from Bond. Um, he's going to be a tinkerer, kind of making making gadgets for the TVA. Um, also shows Loki time slipping, which is something that happened in Across the, uh, across the Spider-Verse, or what's the first one? Into the Spider-Verse. A um, little bit differently in this, but the time slipping was Loki kind of kind of glitching, going back in different times and stuff in in, in the scene. Um, another quick scene: uh, Zaniac, who was a a follower or a or a henchman of Dormanu, Dormanu, who was brought up in Doctor Strange. So there was a yep. brief brief uh, glimpse of that. Um, so the trailer was huge. Did eighty million views in twenty four hours. Everybody loves it. Everybody. It was kind of like. I've talked about it before. There's a, there's this obvious sleight of hand, sleight of hand when something bad comes out, where WB and Marvel release something that looks good, right as something is failing. Like Secret Invasion was pretty much being bam, bam, bombarded by bombarded by um, reviewers and fans trashing it because it wasn't that good. It wasn't what it should have been. Um, so they released this Loki trailer right at the nick of time. Um, kind of brought hope back to uh, something that was, seems like it's failing. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It does look really good. It comes out in a couple months on October 6th. Um, so, this past week, we lost a legend. Comedy legend. For me, I know Kevin didn't, didn't grow up on Pee Wee Herman like I did, but Paul Rubens did pass away. He had cancer. Didn't tell anybody about it. He had it for six years. Um... He was a icon in my life. I mentioned it on episode 6 of this podcast, the very beginning. We did a throwback to Pee-wee's Playhouse, which we're going to play at the end. I'm gonna, I clipped it off. I'm going to play it at the end. Um, but Pee-wee Herman was a spoof character that he created in the Groundlings. Groundlings is kind of like a improv group in L.A. Um, he did it as a, spoof, as a spoof of Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Rogers... This type of child's child-like um, character that was a host of a show or could be a host of a show. That's what he kind of created it as. Um, started off as a, a raunchy spoof. Very raunchy. Very, um, not, not very. It wasn't like R-rated, but it was raunchy. He, did, he, had, he talked about sex. He talked about women. He did, he did that type of stuff. 
but he slowly turned it into an actual real Saturday morning cartoon icon. Um, it was created by Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman. Um, Phil Hartman had a, had a role in the Groundlings, and they came up together. So they have uh, uh, character-creating credit between the two of them at, for Pee-wee. Um, and then he spun that off into a stage show in L.A., um, sold out for five months. The Pee-wee Herman show was on HBO. It was filmed for HBO. It was an HBO special. Um, that, too, was raunchy. I remember watching that when I was really young. Um, and he, it became e extremely popular in the lexicon of pop culture. Um, and... Uh, someone who was a fan of that was a new and up-and-coming director named Tim Burton. He quickly jumped at the chance to get the guy on the big screen, and he did Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 1985, the first of three Pee-wee's movies, two in the 80s. Um, he took the raunchy Pee-wee, and he toned it down for the film, though. It was more uh, PG-13, PG. Um, and after that movie came out, he did another movie, Pee-wee's Big Top, and um, the network television took note. And on, I think it was CBS, the, they gave him the uh, Pee-wee's Play, Playhouse on Saturday morning for kids, a variety show. Came out in 1986 to 1990. I must have watched Towards the Tail End because I remember watching it on Saturday mornings. Um, fun fact, Cindy Lauper sung the uh, theme song before she was famous. This is right before uh, she started having songs come on the radio. She just did it because she was a friend of uh, Paul Rubens. Um Years uh, after the show being off the air in 1991, he's also notorious for the theater accident, or the incident accident, whatever you want to call it. We talked about it uh, a couple years ago uh, when, we did, when we did the throwback. He was caught in a theater, in an XX-rated theater, um, with his pants down. There was a sting operation. He went to, uh, I think he went to jail briefly. And Pee-wee kind of, because he was, a, he was a child, he was a child actor, like doing for children... The Pee-wee character disappeared for quite a long time. Uh, merchandise was taken off the shelves at Toys R Us. It was huge. The Pee-wee human, Pee-wee Herman dolls were huge at the time. Taken off the shelves. Every every piece of merchandise was taken off the shelves. He did a lot of movies in the '90s. Um, he did Blow with Johnny Depp. He did Batman Returns. He played Oswald Copper Potts' father. And he did that as well in Gotham. I know. I, I know you've seen Gotham. I haven't. Yeah. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer did a quick role. He's in Mystery Men. I remember that. Um, he was in a lot of Burton's movies in the 90s as well. A lot of the stop motion. I think he was in um, um, Nightmare Before Christmas and all that stuff. Um, he also did Captain Rex in Star Tours. Didn't know that. Um, Batmite and Batman and Brave and Bold, which I've never seen. Um, it's a good show. Um, but in the mid to late 2000s, Paul Rubens thought it was time to return as Pee Wee Herman, and he did. Um, he started touring his stage show again. He did another HBO special. Um, I think it was called Pee-wee's Return to Pee-wee's Playhouse or something like that. Um, and then he did another movie. Netflix jumped on the chance to do a lot of nostalgia-based stuff. They did Pee-wee's Big Holiday with him and Joe Mantiello, whatever that was his name is. Um, he is a perfect example of a creative character surpassing the individual. I was watching this week. I watched uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. For the very first time, surprisingly, I was more into the show than I ever was the movies. Um, he did not credit himself as Paul Rubens in the movies. He credited himself as Pee Wee Herman. So that that's a perfect example of a creative character surpassing the individual who portrayed them. You had it from Andy, Andy Kaufman did the same exact thing. 
Andrew Dice Clay does not sound like Andrew Dice Clay in real life. That's a character. Same with Larry the Cable Guy. But I think Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, will go down as the best character ever created to surpass the individual who played them. Um, sad the way he died. Um, he did He did release a statement on his uh, social media. Um, he had it pre-written before he passed. Um, Please accept my apology for not going public for what I've been facing the last six years. I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. Um, so yeah, he, uh, he passed away this week at 70 years old. Uh, I can't believe when I was a kid that... Um, that he is 70 it makes me feel old because he was young when he was probably our age or maybe a little bit younger when when i watched him on Wee's playhouse um also more information came out for for what he for what they wanted him to do um i wanted to bring this up in ghostbusters the original screenplay that was written by um dan Aykroyd, which is called ghost smashers he was supposed to be the original gozer i put a little bit a i put a little uh uh, story art, storybook art of him as yep. Gozer. Um, he was actually going to play the the maker of the hotel, uh, the uh, the skyscraper. Who? What's his name? J.J. Simmons. Uh, J., uh, what's his name? J. Simmons played in. Um, I was one J. Jonah Jameson who played in the <laughs> new Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, he was actually supposed to play that character as Gozer in the first movie. Um, which would, would have been an interesting. The whole entire cast. I posted this really cool picture. I'm gonna post it on the Facebook group later, but um, Facebook page. But it's a it's a picture of who was supposed to be in that movie. I know Eddie Murphy was supposed to be the the uh, in that. Um, and of course, um, John Belushi was supposed to be the uh, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, not Dan Aykroyd. The uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray character. Um, John Candy was supposed to be the Rip Moranis character. And uh, yeah, Paul Rubens was supposed to be Gozer. Interesting. It would have been an interesting, different movie for sure. Um, so yeah, rest in peace to him. And I know I went a long ways with that. We're going to talk about it more at the end with the Pee Wee Playhouse. I'm going to play at the end. But I know this person from Euphoria, Angus Cloud. I know you know more about him than I do because I haven't seen yeah. Euphoria. He also passed away this week at 25. Very young. I don't, have they announced how he passed away? I know his dad I know he, his dad recently passed, um, I think yeah. last month, in the last And month. I think I heard something about two he apparently hit somebody and killed them or something i have no idea if that's true oh, no or not shit. um but yeah he was the only reason why i watched you for it his character from the very first scene is magnetic um he's like the only good person on that show um he befriends a girl that's being catfished by basically uh jacob lardy who was up for the superman and superman legacy role okay uh, allegedly um but she's basically be, he's catfishing her and he's just a complete fucking dickhead um and at the end of the first season uh angus cloud uh his character sees him at a party and he just walks up to him and just starts beating the absolute piss out of him um it's one of my favorite scenes of that show um he's kind of like a high school dropout and he sells drugs to zendaya that's how he kind of gets involved with that friend group and he like i say he befriends the uh blonde chick that's kind of not really, like, popular. Um, and she's getting catfished by Jacob Alardi's character. Um, but yeah, this kid was awesome on the show. Um, he he kind of takes care of this 10-year-old kid named Ash. 
um, who gets that name because he's like 10 years old and smokes cigarettes. And there's Ooh. some backstory to him as to why they call him Ash. Um, but I think his mom used him as an ashtray type deal. Like the kids <laughs> fucked up and season two ends with their story. Um, it's really fucked up. Um, I don't want to give you spoilers. I do think you should watch the show. It's very good. Okay. Makes you feel creepy as hell when you watch it. I hear but, it's dark. Um, I hear it's very dark. It's so. incredibly dark. Incredibly okay. dark. And it's just weird because it's about high schoolers like just doing drugs and having sex and stuff like that. So it kind of makes you feel creepy, especially me who works with high schoolers. Um, kind of off-putting. But uh, his character is absolutely fucking fantastic. And he's like the one bright spot where all these other people, even Zendaya's character is just a fuck up and a drug addict. Um, he's like, even though he does a lot of drugs and stuff, he just, he's like a good person amongst all these other bad people. Um, and it's really sad. I don't think they filmed season three or they were filming it, but I also heard that there was going to be like a five year time jump, which makes sense at the way season two ends. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sad. I was, uh, it, it struck me big when I was at work. I was like, what the fuck? Because it's just, he's 25 years old. It came out of nowhere. Um, only acting so, credit, yeah. right? It's the only thing he ever did so far. Has he done anything else I besides? I think so. And he's, of course, yeah. everyone's saying that if Mac Miller was alive, Mac Miller wouldn't be playing the role, but that's just because they look like mm-hmm. twins. Um, yeah, they do, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a terrible loss. He was fantastic. I hope the little kid, Ash, is actually, um, he'd be good as uh, Damien. Um, in Brave and the Bold. Okay. Um, but because he's like at the right age and stuff, and he's kind of, he plays like he's also another very good character. Um, but he kind of plays like the one that doesn't go by the rules type stuff, kind of like Damien is. Um, but yeah, it's just it's uh sad that this kid's life is over at twenty five. Yeah, very sad. Um, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look into that show a little bit. Um, Mark Gilpin. He played the youngest son of Roy Schneider's police chief, Martin Brody, in Jaws 2. Passed away. He's 56 years old. Um, I never watched Jaws 2. I know you have, probably. Um, uh, not the yep. same kid that was in Jaws 1, right? No. 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 Um, no. Uh, Brody's not even in the second one. Um, completely okay. different kid cast. Um, Jaws 2, 3, and 4 are all tr- terrible. I haven't seen them since I was probably 10 years old. Okay. Um, but today it broke. Another actor yes. passed away. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul actor, died at the age of 83, Mark Mongolis. Um, yep. He played Hector Tio in uh, in Breaking Bad. I remember him from that. He was in a wheelchair. wheelchair. He was kind of a mute. Yeah, um, he had a bell. He's been a ton of stuff. He was great in Better Call Saul because he was, like, talking. Oh, he was. Okay, yeah. yeah. Thanks for the spoiler, Kevin, because I haven't seen it yet. But uh, yeah, he passed away today, eighty-three years old. Um, I did, I did like that. I did like his run on Breaking Bad when I did see him on that. So I, I do want to watch Better Call Saul and see what he did now that I know he talks. So um, I think he talks in that, pretty sure. But I've seen him in a million things. Like when I saw Breaking Bad, I was like, "Oh, that guy." Um, yeah. Yeah, he's been in comedies. He's been in dramas. He's been a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so now we talked a lot about death. Let's get into the actual news. The Haunted Mansion earned nine point. $9 million on its opening day last week. However, it was not enough to beat Barbie and Oppenheimer, who ended up winning the weekend in, uh, in, in the domestic box office, pretty much obliterating it again. Um, Barbie earned $93 million in its second week, only, I think, 40% drop-off, something like that. Yep. 
And Oppenheimer made another $46.6 million in the second week, so that's pretty huge. Uh, movies are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two movies. Barbie seems like it's uh, a lot of people are praising the hell out of it. Um, not because mm-hmm. it's a Barbie movie, but just because of, of the story that it tells. So I'm interested and, in that. Uh, it's further proof that they really should have moved Mission Impossible or had Mission Impossible into yes. August because they would have owned August. But instead, yep. it came out right before these two movies and got destroyed. Yep, yep. And it's a movie I do want to see, but nobody's talking about it. Me and too. it did horrible, horrible in the theater. Yeah, it's, it did Black Adam numbers. Yep, yep. Oh, that's bad. Um, so, yeah, so far, it outpaced The Dark Knight for being WB's biggest first week ever. Um,. The Dark Knight did uh, $238 million in its first week, and Barbie did $252 million in its first week. So that's pretty big. Um, it's become the... Uh, it, it, over, it passes the Batman's lifetime yep. gross in just two weeks. Robert Pattinson's in Batman. Um, and uh, there's some news on uh, these memes that are coming out on WB with uh, Barbie. I, I actually posted it as our... Um, podcast pick last week of Barbie with uh, with a nuclear blast going off yep, in the background. Well, overseas in Japan, they're complaining about it because obviously, for obvious reasons, the same way if they're going to make fun of 9-11 over here, while well, you're making fun of Hiroshima and the nuclear bomb over there, that kind of set off some uh, chain reactions where they were pissed at Warner Brothers for it. So Warner Brothers uh, regrets the insensitive uh, tweets that happened um, after after the movie came out, um, Japan pretty much uh, criticized the U.S. for it, <laughs> blamed the whole entire <laughs> United States for it. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean, it's it's what are you gonna do? There two there are two movies in the theater that are there. One of them is based on real life, and one isn't. You're kind of just mixing the two together. <laughs> That's all it is. Um, it's 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 just a it's yeah. You can't I get you can't joke about anything nowadays, which sucks. Um, big news coming out of Warner Brothers this week. Gail Gadot, I mentioned in an interview that she's developing Wonder Woman 3 with James Gunn and Peter Safran. Mm. What do you think? What do you think that is all well, about? <clears throat> could this be from when James Gunn took over and he met with everyone individually? Maybe. And been like, we think we might have a way into Wonder Woman 3. Uh, we'll wait and see. Or did they actually nail anything down? Because nobody really knows. Gail Gadot just kind of mentioned in an interview, right, that she's developing it yes. with them. Yeah. Um, maybe they just wanted her to cameo in something, yeah, and which has been in two movies since they took over. Um, but if if this goes through, they need a good goddamn reason as to why they can't do Man of Steel with Henry anymore um why he's i mean i understand that um with the launching of the new thing but it's gonna be weird if wonder woman's there if it's not an elseworlds thing um so i hope that it's just a way to end her story and it's just like an elseworlds movie because it'd be weird seeing her interact with a new uh superman um because if you're gonna reboot it reboot the whole thing yeah um i understand him keeping peacemaker um and you could do some funny things with that to, to make it so it's not as, like, a glaring hole. But, like, to have her come back as Wonder Woman interacting with uh, Corrin Sweat's Superman would just 
no. not be good. No, I don't um, want that. I don't want that. So if it, I just hope it's like an Elseworlds thing where they're going to do the movie and kind of end her story. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? I think but, she. Uh, I think she deserves yeah. it after that trash that came out for the second movie. I think she deserves yeah. a good, another good run at it. Kind of like yeah. Cavill. Cavill does too, but he's not going to get yeah. it, which sucks. Yeah. But um, she does. She does deserve a retribution for what happened with the second movie. Yeah. Um, something. 100%. Something to something to bring her back. Um, also, James Gunn revealed that the DC DCU animated uh, movies will get theatrical releases. I wasn't sure if that was going to go right straight to uh, Max or not, but. It's going to be in the theaters as well. So the next one, what's uh, Creature Commandos is the first one. So that'll be in the theater. That'll be interesting. No, that's a TV nice. show. That's an HBO Max TV show. Okay. So yeah. Um, they're talking yeah. about um, what what are they doing now? The uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths um, is the next oh, animated movie. They just that's announced. what they're talking. That's what they're talking. About. Um, okay. And I, I hope oh, they end cool. up doing King, Kingdom Come would be great too. But yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths is the one they just announced. Um, so. But yeah, that'd be cool. I don't that'd know if that's cool going to be part of the Watchmen. DCU or not. It might be Elseworlds, but uh, yeah, Watchmen's the other one they announced also. That's, that's cool. So we'll see. That's, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I think those are based off the. Those are actual adaptations of the comic book, mm. kind of like you know, Dark Knight Returns, Killing Joke, all those ones that came out in the last decade or so. Um, yeah. There's a lot of talk this week about Ben Affleck's canceled Batman movie. Um, it would have explored 80 years of Batman mythos. Um, I think it was a storyboard writer for the, for that movie. Or yeah, storyboard. the guy that worked for... Uh, he did all of Wonder Woman stuff. He did all of Snyder stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, he was I praising it. Name, but he's done it, yeah. He's praising it, praising the story, saying it was fucking awesome. It's too bad that it's not being made. Um, That's all I've heard about this movie. And with Matt that five-minute scene, that five-minute scene yeah. that we got in BVS, I think... We could have had the best Batman movie of all time. Yeah, it proved it. It proved it. And uh, Matt Reeves says the same thing when he read the script. This yeah. movie would have been awesome. But it wasn't yeah. ever made. Ben Affleck kind of lost lost track with the character when the whole fuckery with um, Josh Wheaton happened. So yep. I, I don't blame him for dropping out. Um, it was no. bad. It was and bad plus he was going through... It was uh, divorce, it wasn't yeah. just that. It was like the divorce. Everything was going bad. Um, if you talk to the Snyder people, they'll tell you that WB forced him out, which nobody has said. I mean, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, they've all gone back to saying it's just his personal life was too dark. He couldn't portray that character at the time, which is now why we get movies like Air, which I think he's much happier doing yes. $30 million films with his friends um, than he is doing a $200 million blockbuster um, at this stage of his career. Um, when I was mentioning Secret Invasion last week, the one thing I forgot to bring up, which was pretty big, was that Rhodey was saved at the end. Yeah. Rhodey was a Skrull, and the Skrull version of him was a female Skrull, and she and she died. She got she got killed by Nick Fury, and Rhodey was in a coma-like state in a bunker in New Skrullos, but he was wearing a hospital gown. He wasn't wearing his apparatus that helped him walk that he was given in, in Civil War. Um, so it kind of hinted that this roadie was taken right out of the hospital from Civil War. The director kind of confirmed the timeline. So that brings a whole other aspect to the roadie character that we saw in everything past Civil War. All the Avengers movies, um, the Captain America um the Captain uh, yeah. Falcon it wasn't him at, It wasn't him at Tony's funeral. <laughs> wasn't him at Tony. So he has no idea. He's a, he's a, like kind of like a man out of the, out of 
doesn't have any, any idea what's going on. He doesn't know Tony's dead. He has no idea about Thanos. He has no idea about the time travel fuckery that went on. He has no idea what happened with the Skrulls, Nick Fury, the Avengers, the whole entire battle that happened. No idea. He's completely it. So if they tackle this story in Armor Wars, which seems like the, that's where this is all leading, very interesting. I don't know. The timeline's kind of weird. Um, and him, his reaction to Tony dying kind of doesn't make sense, but it does in a little bit. I don't know. I, I, it kind of seems like it should have been a little later, that maybe a little after Endgame or right after Endgame. But yeah, um, it's going it's, back it's, to Civil War, right? Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, Civil War. So we're talking five or six years, and, and yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to tackle it. It'd be interesting to see how they how they go forward with it. But yeah, I did. I forgot to completely mention it last week that that's what happened to Rhodey. Um, it did. It did set up him returning. Um, when he was being brought out of the bunker, he was being helped by two army, and he was he he didn't have his apparatus on his legs. And he was wearing a hospital gown, so it makes a hint that yeah, he came right out of a hospital. So mm-hmm. that'd be the only the only place I would expect it. Um, lot of Fantastic Four rumors this week. Um, the big one being that Matt Smith from Doctor Who, Mor- Morbius, House of the Dragon, is now rumored to have been offered the role of Reed Richards. Uh, mm. Mr. Fantastic in Marvel Studios' uh, Fantastic Four reboot. Um, I love him as an actor. I love him in, as Doctor Who. Um, yep. And the he's other great in House of the Dragon, and yep. uh, he's yeah. The other casting news. This one's this one's pretty close to being true. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, who is in the new Mission Impossible movie, I don't know her from anything else. Um, she is rumored to have been cast as Sue Storm, and Joseph Quinn. Eddie from Stranger Things, rumored to have been cast as his, as her brother Johnny Storm. I think that would be great, perfect mm. casting, great timing for him coming out of his huge role in Stranger Things last summer. Um, it would be a next big great thing for him. Um, the other rumor was that Sue Storm is rumored to be the the lead character of the movie. I don't know about that. Um, maybe. Uh, Sue Storm is a pretty pretty powerful character. Um, I think it should be the four of them together combined as one big yeah, character. Yeah, that's but, how it should work. Yep. Um, the other the other rumor, uh, Killian Murphy. He's been talking a lot of, in interviews. Um, talked about um, the one key thing to Marvel casting him is Doctor Doom and Fantastic Four. Just put a script in front of him. It's a good. He'll he'll do it. He has no problem yeah. doing something that's a good story, and that's that's pretty much what he said. Um, I would love to see him as Doctor Doom. Anybody like that? Any actor like that would be great. Um, also, we mentioned it before. This is rumored for a very very long time. And it's been it came up again this week that the Fantastic Four movie could be set during the 1960s, and the, at, towards the end of the movie, they would be kind of a uh, coming out of out of out of the 60s back into a current time. Um, Set set through time travel fuckery or the Secret Wars story or whatever happens, they'll come into the modern modern age. Um, also, three people were up for Reed Richards. I already mentioned Matt Smith. A while ago, we mentioned Adam Driver, who they're still saying could be in the running. Of course, none of this shit's going on because of the writer strike that's going on and the actor strike. So we won't hear anything about this for months. Um, but Matt Smith, Adam Driver, and Dev Patel. Who was in um, what was that movie that he won the Oscar for in like two thousand and five? 
um, the train, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, it's, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the Indian show, the Indian it, show. It, it's Indian like, who wants to be what? Yeah, who I can't remember the name. It. it was huge at the time. I can't remember, but yeah. he hasn't been in it too much since then, but, um, he was in the shortlist to play Reed Richards. Um, we mentioned Ebon Moss Bachrock from, uh, The Bear. Um, we mentioned he'd be a great, uh, Ben Grimm, The Thing. Well, they're actually saying that he's being eyed to play Slumdog Millionaire. Yes, Slumdog that's it. Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I had to um, look he, it up. <laughs> he's actually being eyed to play uh, the Galactus' Herald um, in the movie, but not Silver Surfer, one before him. Um, they're theorizing it could be Terex, which I have no idea who that is. I love the Silver Surfer. Um, I think he... I don't, I don't know about that. I think he would be a better Ben Grimm. Um, but yeah... Uh, Joseph Quinn as Human Torch, Vanessa Kirby as as uh, Invisible Woman, um, and yeah, if they if they bring Fantastic Four into the 1960s, they can lean a lot more on the comic book version from the 60s done by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, which would be great. Um, the art of it and everything. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Also in MCU news, Jonathan Major's trial was delayed to a new date set for September 6th. He went into Same court. Day Loki starts. Oh no, a month before Loki starts. Yeah, that's my birthday. Um, yep. So yeah, he he went to trial. They didn't have they didn't have the uh, they didn't have any the uh, team didn't have anything against him ready, so they delayed it in a month. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with him. Um, I I don't know at this point they haven't they, they, he was fo- he was featured heavily in the trailer for Loki season two, so I don't know. Um, they're not they're not erasing him from the uh, narrative so far, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, Nickelodeon is doing their own version of the Super Bowl, their own their own version, meaning they're going to be playing the Super Bowl, but they're going to have their own animations and stuff with the yep. green slime and all they that. They did shit. that last year. They did with, okay. uh, reg- with regular season games, not oh, Super okay. Bowl. They they took like a NBC game that would be on at whatever four p.m. and uh, just broadcast on Nickelodeon with their own announced team, and they did like the slime stuff like that on graphics on the screen. Yeah, so now they're going to be doing it with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, alternate, alternate, alternate telecast for kids, um, base, basically done for kids. Yeah. Um, broadcast live with the with the regular Super Bowl going on. So you, if you have kids, that you want to want them to be into the Super Bowl, you can put that on there and have the uh, kid oriented animations going on at the same time in the in the field goals and all that shit. So. Yeah, um, it makes sense too because if you think about it, like say you have a Super Bowl party, so the adults are all in one area and the kids are all in another. Yep. It makes sense because the kids can throw in the Nickelodeon one and the ones that aren't really interested in football or whatever. Yep. Um, I think it's a good idea. Yep, good idea. Um, we mentioned last week that there was rumors of Tina Fey taking over for Norm McDonald, uh, Norm McDonald, uh, Lauren Michaels. Um, that was that was debunked. Um, Saturday Night Live uh, re- released a statement saying that that was not true. Um, NASA's coming out with a new streaming platform. NASA Plus is going to be free. It's going to have space-themed um, movies, videos, um, live streams of, of shuttles taking off. I think that's kind of cool. That's free. Mm. Um, that'd be interesting. To yeah, as see. long as they're not charging. Yep, it's fine. I mean, uh, it's archive free thing to watch. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be able to watch like not just like Apollo 13, but like shit about like documentaries and yep. shit about different Apollo launches and stuff, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be cool. It would be cool. Um, Simon Pegg, we talk we talk a little bit about him. I love Hot Fuzz. Um, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, was he's a, awesome. Shaun of the Dead was an okay movie. Hot Fuzz is one of my favorite comedies. He's of all uh, time. great in Mission Impossible, and he's great, great in the voice. Yep, uh, he's teasing a new movie with Edgar Wright. Um, him, I, I would love to see him, uh, Nick Frost, and uh, Edgar Wright get back together. It'd be great. 
um, doing another movie. He's talking about it not being part of the original trilogy that they did with Hot Fuzz, Shaun, uh, Shaun of the Dead, and uh, The World Ends. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, Screen 7 confirmed to be in development. Um, Freaky and Happy Death Day director are on board, um, Christy, Christopher yep. uh, Landon. Um, I, the, I, uh, the good news is he did Happy Death Day. The bad news is he did Happy Death Day 2. Okay. Happy Death Day is actually a great movie. It was a good I movie. I love that yeah. movie. Um, I haven't seen the second one. second one is fucking trash. Okay. Uh, but it'll be fine. It's just going to be Scream 7, so I can't wait. It's Freaky is the Freaky Friday remake, too, that was done in uh, yeah. a horror ty- uh, slasher. Sl- how, okay. how was that? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Um, I okay. heard about it. Yeah, I was wondering. Um, Leah Renem- Remini, has, Remini has filed a lawsuit against the Church of Scientology for uh, uh, pretty much harassing her. Um, and its leader, David Miscavige, um, for harassment, defamation, and other unlawful conduct. Um, she has been very vocal ever since she left in 2013 about how they treated her. Um, how they treat how they treat people, the secrets of Scientology, how they get away with a lot of shit because they're a religion. Um, she had a show; it's on Hulu. If you ever if you ever watch it, it's interesting, very interesting information on Scientology. Um, so yeah, she's suing them for psychological torture. Um, Steven Spielberg's coming up with a book the, uh, this fall. Um, it's going to be about his first ten years of filmmaking, which is pretty much every single movie that we love. So it's going to have yep. E.T., Indiana Jones, uh, Jaws, all that stuff. So it would be really cool to, to read that book. Um, forward by John Williams. Um, introduction by George Lucas. Yeah. Audible. <laughs> if there's a lot of pictures, I would, I would, I would, I would get oh, it for the I'm, pictures. I'll buy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and finally in news, the writer's strike is still going on. Um, it's been going on for close to 100 days, but negotiations are set to restart this week because the studios are willing to negotiate starting today, Friday. Um, another another thing that came out this week, David Zasoff, who is the leader of Warner Brothers Discovery, says the strike saved it more than $100 million in the second quarter. Um, these execs need to shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a mess right now. Uh, everything's kind of on hold. Movies are still coming out because there's a lot of stuff that's still kind of delayed from the pandemic. So we're we're gonna have a, quite a bit of stuff, but we'll, we won't start noticing this until well, TV in the fall is gonna slow down. This year is gonna be a lot of reality shows, but the movies and stuff we won't notice probably for a couple of years, and we may not even notice it because there's a, such such an onslaught of shit being promoted right now. All depends on when, uh, when this ends. Yes, hopefully I mean, soon. Yeah, last time with the writer's strike, we all noticed it on Hero Season 2, um, yep. Friday Night Lights Season 2, somehow Lost. that show rebounded. Um, Lost um, was a big one, um, which kind of rebounded, but yeah. It's uh, it's a mess, and I just hope that they keep a lot of the movies and the dates that they have this fall. Because I'm really looking forward to going to the movies a bunch this fall. Yep. Yeah, we still need they still need content, and they don't want the movie yep. theaters to go completely out of business. It was it was already a uh, a slippery slope there to begin with. So, so yeah. that's it for news. Um, a lot of stuff that we haven't watched lately. Um, I forgot to mention last week that there's a new Cody Rhodes documentary on Peacock. American Nightmare, Becoming Cody Rhodes. I do want to watch that. Um, Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in the theaters, Barbie, if you haven't seen those. 
Um, Only Murders in the Building starts next week on Hulu. Going to watch that. Twisted Metal, haven't watched that yet. It's on Peacock. I do want to get through that. The whole entire series, uh, season's on there. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to watch. Um, I'm going to try to watch... Um, I'm going to try to watch uh, Joyride tonight. And we'll try to review that next week. So thank you everyone for listening. And I'm going to play that Pee Wee Herman clip from almost two years ago um, at the end of the podcast. So uh, stay tuned. Thanks everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Peace. Peace. So uh, this week's Saturday morning throwback, we are going to talk about a show that was in the 80s. It wasn't a cartoon, it was a live action show, but it did have cartoon elements. It had puppets, it had a comedic actor who played the main character. He got his start on a one-man show on Broadway. Which ended up spinning off into an HBO special, kind of made for adults, and and uh, spun off into a movie or two, and spun off into this show. Yes, and that uh, show is. Of course. <laughs> PB's Playhouse. Yes. Which Bunch I of characters up front. I uh, wasn't really a big fan because uh, six-year-old me uh, knew exactly the type of person I was watching because that house just looked like something you went to get molested in. <laughs> Even though he never molested children, to my knowledge, he just got no, caught. He, he didn't. Doing things in a movie theater to himself that should not be done in public. He was in a movie theater. It wasn't a regular movie theater. It was a triple X movie movie theater, first of all. They should expect that there. They should have cleaners (laughs) there expecting that. (laughs) But, yeah. He he didn't have a good ending in the uh, early 90s. Except for the happy ending. But the, uh, yeah. It didn't didn't turn out too well. But the show... But the show was huge. Yeah, he, he ended up having to come back a couple of years ago. But the the show was huge. The uh, Big we- uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, another huge movie in the eighties, done by Tim Burton. I think it was his first movie. Um, I remember a uh, few people got to start, got their start on that show. Phil Hartman got his show, got his start on the HBO special as Captain Carl. Um, Lawrence Fishburne oh, played. Mean- yeah, Lawrence Fishburne played Cowboy Curtis on the show. Uh, he had a lot of characters that used to come in, kind of like, uh, kind of if you were to compare it to like Mister Rogers, where the neighbor would come in or the mailman would come in, kind of the same deal but a lot wackier. Um, he had a lot of strange characters in the house with him. Uh, he had a he had a uh, he had a genie in a box named Jombie. Mecca like high, Mecca hiney ho. And uh, he would talk to uh, Zombie, and they would try to grant a wish, and uh, 
And then... The wishes granted. Long live Jambi. So yeah, Jambi. He's probably the most recognizable figure of that whole entire show. Uh, you had a walking, talking jukebox with a typewriter for a head. whose name was Conky. And uh, she used to spit out the secret word of the day for Pee Wee. And uh, the secret word of the day... Ready to assist you. Good morning, Conky. How's it going? It's going, it's going, it's going, it's going great. How's it going with you? Excellent, thank you. What's today's secret word? Today's secret word is. Oh, 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 oh. Now, you all remember what to do whenever anyone says a secret word, right? Scream! That's right. For the rest of the day, whenever anyone says a secret word. Scream real loud! Ready? Let's try it! <laughs> hey, Pee-wee, you're crowding me. Move over! <laughs> so yeah, everybody would go crazy when the secret word was uh, was said on the show. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of... Uh, in between the commercial breaks, there were a lot of animated skits. Uh, it would be stop animation or just regular animation skits in between the filler in the episode. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great show. Doesn't hold up much for us now as adults, but I'm sure as a kid, the reason I liked it so much is because it was so childish. And, and uh, yeah, and of course, uh, probably the one thing that you'll recognize. From this, uh, that was brought from this show was from Family Guy. Yes. <laughs> hey, Lois, come in here and see what I did with the money your dad gave me. <gasps> oh my God! You turned the den into Pee Wee's Playhouse. Come on, get up! <laughs> Knock off your napping! It's a crazy, messed up place where anything can happen. There's a chair that freaking talks. Hey, look, there's a fish that give advice. Holy crap, it's screwy <laughs> in Peter's Playhouse. Peter. Wait, 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 watch this, watch this. Hey, Jambie! Okay, say it. Mecca-lecka high, mecca high. God, I hate you so much. Peter, that reparation money should be going to a worthy black charity. Lois, the king of cartoons will be here in five minutes, and I will not have you embarrass me. You're acting ridiculous. <laughs> You said the secret word! <laughs> so yeah, from one of the first seasons of Family Guy. It's great. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's our, that's our uh, throwback of the week. Swing! Swing!